commence today's show, Talking Politics, with L.A. Times columnist based in Washington, Jackie Combs. Jackie, how are you today? I'm good, Tavis. It's great to be with you again. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you for the few minutes that we have here. Uh, we're going to spend more time talking about this on the back side of this hour, but I, I obviously would be remiss starting this hour without asking your take on what you saw President Biden say yesterday. You heard uh, Peter Baker's comments uh, and um, how uh, fierce, uh, even angry he used, uh, that's the word he used, angry, uh, when he was uh, witnessing what the president was having to say. So you cover these issues and uh, opine for the L.A. Times, uh, for the rest of us readers, for all of us readers, I should say. Uh, you're based there in D.C., as I mentioned a moment ago. So um, your take quickly on, on what you what you saw, uh, what you heard the president say yesterday. Um, well, I would agree with Peter, my former uh, colleague at the New York Times, and um, that I've never seen, you know, I've covered, uh, you know, showing my age, I'm, I've been covering the White House and Congress a little bit longer than even Peter, and mm-hmm. and I would say I have not, I couldn't remember a president who sounded so impassioned as Biden did yesterday. And and also, it was notable that he wasn't urging restraint, and, you know, not that it would do any good. We would, we've seen what, you know, Israel's retaliation uh, is like. Yeah. And, um, and despite the fact that, you know, people might have thought there'd be restraint if only because of the roughly 150 uh, hostages that are in Gaza, mm. uh, it's hard to believe many of them will ever... Yeah. Come home alive. I want. I want to. I want to come to this notion right quick of uh, not urging restraint. That's. A, it's a big deal uh, for a variety yeah. for a variety of reasons. We'll unpack that when we come forward with Jackie Combs of the LA Times on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley, helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. It's Tavis Mighty in conversation with Jackie Combs, columnist for the L.A. Times, based in Washington. Um, what else do you start a show with today other than uh, the war in um, uh, in the Middle East um, uh, between uh, Israel and, and Hamas? Um, so, Jackie, we were talking moments ago about the fact that the president yesterday made no effort whatsoever uh, to call for restraint. And whenever, certainly in my career, uh, Whenever I've had to cover this um, this conflict in the Middle East, which comes up, as we know, from time to time um, between Israel and Palestine, uh, the president always finds a way to to ask for demand, insist upon uh, what I would frame a a measured commensurate response. Uh, and when that doesn't happen, the world goes crazy, apoplectic uh, when Israel just at any point just piles on. In this case, though, given what Hamas did, I, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. I'm not sure I know what a measured commensurate response would be. And that may very well be the reason why the president didn't call for it, given the, the way he laid out what he had to say about what Hamas did to women and to babies, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to know in this instance, Jackie, what a measured commensurate response would be. Well, that's absolutely right, Tavis. And, and you know, this has been called ad nauseum. Israel's 9-11. Mm-hmm. And it's much worse than that. It's, you know, given Israel's small population, if you multiply, you know, by the, it would be like in our country, if we lost tens of thousands of people in a sneak attack like that. And imagine if somebody, any other country had come to us after 9-11, had told George W. Bush, uh, be measured in your response. You know, I mean, it just, he wouldn't have done it. We wouldn't have done it. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, 
the ones who are paying the price are innocent Palestinians. Palestinians and Hamas, the terrorist group, are not synonymous. Exactly. And, and you see the drone uh, photos of the what Gaza City looks like, and you just have to know that how many thousands of people must be dead, and at best just homeless. And it, it's just it just breaks my heart. And you know, it, there's heart hearts broken on both sides, and it's just. Um, but this terrorist group cannot be condoned. It has to be condemned, and we can't, you know given our own history, can't really expect Israel to be measured in its response. Yeah. Um, you, you, made, you made a powerful point a moment ago, and I wanted to come right to it, so you are, you are, you're prescient today because you know exactly where I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> and, and that is this distinction between Hamas and the Palestinian people. The president made yeah. that comment. We played that tape a moment ago, a clip, a clip at least from his speech yesterday. So the audience heard the president say that. Others have said that. And my question is whether or not you think that point is getting through. And here's why I ask that. Because I've also been reading, and you've seen the same things I've seen, on college campuses mm-hmm. all across the country. There are student groups. Uh, Harvard is, is in some trouble right now. Um, yeah. Harvard and other campuses all across the country are in trouble because there are student groups who are saying we stand with Palestine. I've been reading uh, pieces this morning uh, and yesterday. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter grassroots, Black Lives Matter Chicago is in all kind of trouble. Just go to TMZ. They've been all over this. Uh, TMZ, yes, they've been all over this about Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter Chicago mm-hmm. for for some for some images that they posted on on X, formerly Twitter, uh, saying that they support Hamas. And I'm, I'm raising this because again, there are a lot of people who are trying to make the argument that they stand with. Palestinians, the Palestinian people, but Hamas and Palestine, the people of Palestine, are not the same thing. So if you said you stand, if you say if you say you stand with the Palestinian people, okay, I'm with you. That's one thing. If you say you stand with Hamas, this terrorist organization, that's another thing. And I'm not so sure people are making a distinction between Hamas and Palestine. To your point, the folk who suffer are the innocent yeah. Palestinians. But my question finally though is, do you think that distinction is getting through to the American people? Well, I think it's getting through to people who really want to get the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are having a knee-jerk response to this and just want to be, you know, Israel right or wrong, and so ever, they're against uh, the entire Arab world, it, that they're not ever going to, um, that truth is never going to get through to them. But I think most Americans w- will be able to make that distinction. And, you know, the Palestinians have been pawns for for all of their history here in since the 20th century, where they are, you know, they're sort of um, like an occupied people under Israel, but yet the Arab world just used them as pawns for their own um, uh, benefit and political points, and Hamas uh, most of all. And, you know, you, you can just bet that most of the Palestinians do not support what um, Hamas did because they, as much as they may hate Israel, because they know they're going to pay the price, mm-hmm. they and their family. And so, yes, I mean, if, if nothing else, we have to get through this message that the Palestinian people are not synonymous with Hamas. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a critical, critical and crucial distinction um, that I hope uh, people will make or at least try to wrestle with. And, um, yeah, it's going to be. Um, it's going. It, it, it appears it's going to take a while. Uh, I don't know how many days are in front of us, um, but the U.S. Uh, has sent ammunition. 
other countries around the world have sent uh, support to Israel. So uh, two things I'm certain of. One, it's going to take a while um, to to do whatever is going to be done on the part of Israel. And number two, I am I'm fairly certain that when they get done, um, uh, Hamas will not have any, anything left to work with. Right. Um, right. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu is going to go all the way in. Uh, and you saw today yeah. they've now they've now formed a unity government. So even the folk in the government who don't like Bibi are now with Bibi. So they've got a unity government right. now. And they're going to crush. They're going to do everything they can to crush Hamas. Yeah. Um, and we will see uh, what happens in the coming days. But this ain't going to be over anytime soon, I don't think. Um, let me let me move um, in the time I have left to cover a couple other things. It, it seems that uh, when you're talking about a war that the world is paying attention to, everything else gets crowded out. Uh, but there are some other important things happening in this country, including yeah. uh, the replacement of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So let me tell <clears throat> let me tell you what I what I know, at least what I've read. You're there in Washington, much closer than I am to uh, to this drama. But what I know is that there are a few people running, of course, to replace Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy hinted yesterday that he might get back in the race. Uh, but the two front runners are Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. And right. I, I want to just make sure that, that that put us in the right frame. My, my friend Connie Rice, one of our regular contributors here, always says, Tavis, you got to get in the right frame. And so here's the frame that we are in. The top uh-huh. three, the top three contenders. Hear me on this now. The top three mm-hmm. contenders uh, to be the third person in line to the presidency are Steve Scalise, who has reportedly called himself David Duke without the bag, without the baggage. Those are the words out of Steve mm-hmm. Scalise's mouth. That I am David yeah. Duke without the baggage. That's one guy who is running to be third in line to the presidency. <clears throat> we know Jim Jordan who basically was sympathetic and is a part of that insurrectionist crowd that that had their way on January 6th a couple of years ago. Uh, and Kevin McCarthy puts his name in saying he may reconsider running again. We've already seen what that looks like. But but but, that, but right. that's what you have uh, as options to replace the Speaker of the House uh, in this election. That's what you have in terms of the person who will be third in line to the presidency. That is a that 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 is a that frame is not the kind of frame I want to be in, uh, Jackie. But that's what we're looking at here. Yeah. Well, and if I could, let me connect the the two stories. Sure. Your uh, Israel, the war against uh, Israel between Israel and Hamas, and and our domestic politics. Mm-hmm. Israel, what happened to Israel, and how it was taken by surprise, should be a lesson to us. Oh, not just a lesson, a warning about what can happen or the dangers of domestic divisions and a party, a political party, in this case, the Republican party that foments those domestic divisions. Mm. So imagine if if the U S were to have a crisis like Israel found itself in on Sunday, we have a, like this, we don't have a speaker of the house, which is like you say, after the president and vice president, the next person in line for the presidency is the speaker. The house is virtually paralyzed. It can't. We are under a deadline to get our government funded, and and they have now admitted they're not going to make that deadline, and they're going to have to have a second, you know, um, stopgap spending bill so that the government doesn't shut down. And if we had a terrorist attack on our country, the speaker is also one of only eight people that is in the briefings on all the intelligence that comes to the to the uh, president. It's just unbelievable that we would do this to ourselves. But no, we have been uh, really ever since uh, Donald Trump came down the golden stairway at Trump Tower Mm. that um, in a 
increasingly divided, polarized country. And so the disarray paralyzing Congress, which is headless in the House, is is a real danger to us. And then you take the Senate, where hundreds of mili- top military and diplomatic nominees are blocked, are frozen in place because one Republican senator un uh, push un without opposition of to apparent to anyone from the rest of his Republican colleagues is holding those nominations, including an ambassador to Israel, holding them hostage. And so I just would like to say that we should see in what has happened to Israel the danger in our own country of polarization like the Republican Party has fomented upon us. Let me, let me, um, I got a few minutes left here. Let me, let me, let me press you uh, on this. So I've had a number of persons on the program, obviously talking about this drama uh, regarding speakership. And we all were just sort of gobsmacked when they took Kevin McCarthy out pretty quickly. Uh, and he, he begged for it. He said, you want me? Come get me. And they, and they came and got yeah. him. Uh, you, you've been around long enough to remember this. It reminded me when I saw that story, I kind of laughed. Kevin McCarthy basically said, if you want me, come get me. Uh, it, yes, reminded, it, 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 it reminded me of Gary Hart. Remember that? I don't want to laugh. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to laugh. But Gary Hart was like, yeah, come get me. If you want to get me, come get me. And then they're, they're yeah, we're showing our age, Tavis. Yeah, I know. Photographers <laughs> photographers were hanging out in trees. Remember that? They were hanging out in trees trying to get oh, him. Yeah. So it, I was here then. <laughs> yeah, so they, they got Gary Hart said, come get me, and they got him. And Kevin McCarthy said, come get me, and they got Kevin McCarthy. I digress on that. But I've talked yeah. to I've talked to number folk on the program about this, and I am with each passing day i start to feel uh at once i was ambivalent about this but with each passing day i get more and more certain about how i think i feel and that Mm -hmm. is with regard to whether or not democrats did the right thing by letting mccarthy hang himself now there was conversation as you know you cover this again every day in dc there was conversation that Akeem Jeffries and Democrats might cut a deal to let McCarthy stay on and they would extract certain things from him in exchange for a few Democratic votes to let him stay there. Not because they support him, but because they don't have enough votes to put Akeem Jeffries in as speaker. So right, why right. not why not extract something from the Republicans, get what you want, give a few yeah. Democratic votes, let McCarthy stay there. Why? Because it stabilizes the House. Kevin McCarthy is not the end-all, be-all, but at least this level of instability doesn't exist at this critical moment in the world's history where we don't have a Speaker of the House, third in line to the presidency. Democrats could have staved that off. Uh, But for short-term gain, to make a political point, one could argue, they risk long-term security. So I say all that to ask whether or not, in retrospect, you think the Democrats did the right thing. I do think they did the right thing. I did. I think they did the only thing they really could do. And but the argument you make about, you know, made, Democrats should have uh, stuck, tried to do what they could to stick with the devil they know. That is mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Then then get somebody perhaps worse. Um, first of all, I reject that. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, a question of somebody else could be worse. I mean, that, the way that um, Kevin McCarthy was serving as speaker. There was nothing in it for Democrats, and mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I, I think Democrats were right that um, Ke- Kevin McCarthy had shown repeatedly. Even Republicans will tell you that you can't trust his word. Fair enough. So if you're going to make a deal with Kevin McCarthy, someone who walked away from the um, spending deal that he and President Biden cut just in May and June, uh, and that's why we nearly had a shutdown uh, last month. 
um, his word can't be trusted. Not, and, if he, and, and just he's not going to be able, the Republicans are not going to stand for a leader who is in cahoots with Democrats. I'm not, I'm not defending, I'm not defending Kevin McCarthy. I'm saying that Kevin McCarthy didn't say publicly, I'm David Duke without the baggage. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't say that's that, true. Jackie. And you know, and, and you were right about that. Steve Scalise said that back in, uh, when he was first, um, about to be elected to Congress. He appeared at, uh, for your listeners' benefit, this story came out in 2014, that he had appeared and spoken to a white supremacist group uh, that had been founded by David Duke. Yeah. And he, cl- he claimed that he did not know its background, which just, def- it, it, it's, it'd be laughable if it yeah. weren't so serious. What do you... Um, I will say this. He's sure. done. I mean, he is he. That's what you've got in the Republican Party now. And at least I can say he's not done anything so overt. Yeah. He's been careful not to, you know, and, keep the racism inside, I guess. No. And Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan's even scarier for me uh, policy wise. He's, he's an ideologue. He's even scarier than Kevin McCarthy. So to your point about sticking with the devil, you know, I'm just going to go on record and say, I hope Democrats don't regret not sticking with the devil that they knew. Because Scalise and Jordan, this ain't child's play, number one. And number two, if this instability remains, uh, again, will they look in the rearview mirror and think they did the wrong thing because of all the instability in the house? I'll leave it there for now. Jackie Combs, I thank you as always. Do it again somewhere down the road. Have a great rest of the day. You too, Travis. I look forward to being with you. Thanks, Jackie. Take care, my friend.